0: Welcome to today's webinar, uh, we're going to be talking about vegetables sending email, it's a real thing. Uh, look at the science behind it, whether or not email marketers need to start worrying about that, amongst all the other things that we're constantly worrying about. So this is our beats the new outlook. So we've all seen tons of news stories over the past, you know, a couple of months about vegetables sending emails to researchers, and there's a lot of cool technology at work underneath that some cool science. That we're going to look at and see whether or not we can apply those principles to email marketing to our jobs which is something we all need to do on a constant basis is keep an eye on upcoming trends all that good stuff and see how we can work it into our own jobs so i'm jason rodriguez if you don't know me i'm the guy that's usually on these webinars i'm the community and product evangelist at litmus which means i spend most of my time teaching people about email marketing Code, design, strategy, copywriting, all that kind of stuff to help all of you send better email campaigns. I have two awesome people here, two great email geeks that are going to be talking through this with me. Mike Nelson and Liana Patch, I will let you introduce yourselves. Mike, I love that face tattoo on your carrot. That is phenomenal. I love it.
1: If someone's going to be a a carrot... (laughs) They got to have a nice face tattoo to set themselves apart. Mike Tyson, he just that's what he needed to set himself apart from a doctor. So Mike Nelson here, co-founder of Really Good Emails, super excited about the future of uh, vegetables in email today. So can't, can't wait to get started on this one.
2: I feel like I should have doctored up my little garlic thing, but apparently <laughs> I didn't care at all. I'm Leanna Patch. I am a copywriter specializing in comedy copy. This is like so exciting for me and I'm going to try not to hyperventilate.
0: Hopefully everybody's heard at this point. They haven't been living in Iraq and they've they've heard that vegetables can in fact send emails today, which is pretty wild to think about. There's actually some really cool science at work underlying all that. So it's interesting. This was actually a study done by, I think it was MIT back in 2016. But we're just hearing about the kind of application of this technology in the email world because they figured out how to actually start sending emails through using spinach. They use this concept of nitro aromatic detection and infrared, infrared communication to trigger these emails to researchers. The science behind it is researchers have created nanotubes, which are Uh, microscopic little tubes of technology that they've grafted onto spinach plants. Those tubes can detect infrared changes or via infrared can detect changes in emissions caused by contaminants in groundwater, which is really, really interesting and has lots of applications for researchers, for farmers, for the agriculture industry to make sure that their crops are doing what they need to do. They're staying healthy. There's not a lot of pollutants getting into those crops and in theory, keeping all of us healthy too. So this technology is out there. The science is really cool. I actually did go out and buy the research paper uh, so I can read this and grab a couple of graphics from it and share with everybody. But that begs the question, are environmental vegetable power triggers the next big requirement for marketing automation platforms? And so we actually have a poll here. I'm going to start up in a second. And I'd love to hear everybody's opinion on whether or not These environmental triggers are going to be the next frontier for ESPs and building out these tools so that it's not even us triggered our email campaigns. It's all these different environmental factors. Let me just start up the poll here. We're just kidding, obviously. (laughs) Uh, I hope everybody kind of gets that. It's April 1st. It's April Fool's Day. I had a couple of people seeing in the comments. Obviously, this a joke, hopefully, but we're, we're here to talk about something completely different than vegetables. But we obviously love puns, although Mike doesn't, and we're really leaning into that at, at Limits because we're trying to it's have fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god, this is
1: gonna be so good for I'm the record that Leon here. I was so on team plant sending emails, so even though there's yeah. not, it actually is a real thing, right? It this is a yeah. real thing, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's oh, yeah. absolutely true, yeah.
2: My question is, when does Spinach start getting overwhelmed by its inbox and puts an autoresponder on that's like, I'm drowning?
0: If anybody wants to see some good tweets and memes, there's a whole bunch of them around the Spinach sending email about like Spinach saying like, per my last email, and just all these <laughs> ridiculous kind of funny things. So definitely worth it. Uh, maybe on Friday afternoon going through that. But we are curious uh, whether or not you're using humor in your own email marketing efforts. So I do actually have a real poll. That i'm gonna launch right now that you should see i'm gonna give it a second we just want to hear from you about whether or not you're using humor or email if you're basically george carlin awesome maybe you swear as much as he does i don't know uh, either way it's cool uh, a lot of people saying i'm, I'm kind of watching the results get in here a lot of people saying no their bosses said no they can't use humor uh. in their emails i want to see if anybody's planning some fun stuff or there could be some people that are just here for the vegetables And to those people, I apologize because you'll be greatly disappointed with the rest of this webinar. (laughs) So it looks like I'm seeing 5% of people saying that they're well-worn comedians at this point. They take their stand-up act on the road through email. But most people are not using email. 53% of those folks are not. Whether they don't feel comfortable themselves, if their boss is kind of with the kibosh on the whole idea 24 percent of people planting some stuff which is cool and oddly enough 19 percent of people are just here for the vegetables cool. so again apologies We'll try to make it up to you and try to try to use some good humor in your email campaigns. So here's what's on tap. We're, we're going to look at what makes an email funny, why you might want to use humor in your own email campaigns, I'll go through some of our favorite examples of funny email campaigns that we've received or we've seen online, and then look at how to add humor to your own emails. So some kind of... Very practical tips and suggestions for adding humor to your own email campaigns. This begs the question, what makes an email funny? Why might you want to use humor in an email campaign? I was looking up funny definitions to try to get a handle on like, what is funny stuff? And they all suck. Uh, so Miriam Webster says funny is affording light mirth and laughter or seeking or intended to amuse. I kind of like the third definition here involving trickery or deception, which can be very funny. And we'll see how that might play out in some email campaigns. I feel like that definition, most of the definitions I saw were pretty inadequate. So I kind of developed my own in the context of email. But I guess the first thing to caution is that humor is or usually is not putting down others making light of serious situations that are affecting real people or being offensive for the sake of getting a reaction unless you know you're you're some like someone like george carlin other comedians if if that's your thing go for it that's that's cool you have your audience you know what you like but we're largely speaking on behalf of our brands our companies and when companies at large are doing things like putting down others just being offensive for the sake of offense that usually doesn't go over well we want to protect our brands, obviously, and use humor effectively. So for the sake of today's argument, humor is really all about subverting expectations in email marketing in order to elicit some sort of reaction from people, to get people to smile, to laugh, and maybe just raise their eyebrows a little bit and do a double take based on what you're actually sending them. That's kind of my working definition. I don't know, Mike or Liana, if either of you want to add to that, but it's really about playing with the format, playing with the medium of email to get people to feel something that's usually laughter or happiness in some regard. There there's this cool study about you know why you might wanna use humor in marketing. This is from Sprout Social, which is obviously geared towards social channels. Uh, but they did a the survey and found that consumers would love to hear funny stuff from brands. You can obviously apply this to email as well, because email is obviously a, a vital marketing channel. But the fourth thing people wanted to hear from brands were funny things. So they want brands to be honest. They want them to be friendly, helpful, and then funny, which I don't think is really surprising. All of those things are what we should all be striving towards as email marketers, Uh, but a little bit of quantitative data to prove that people do want funny things. But there's a lot of reasons you might want to embrace humor in your own email marketing. One of the main ones that that we've seen is for brands to set themselves apart. So there's a lot of just kind of best practices floating around, a lot of the same suggestions or advice for email marketing that most companies follow. But that tends to just kind of like wash out everything in your inbox and. All that email marketing just feels really similar. So humor might be one of those ways that you can really set yourself apart. And I, I know Leanna has some great examples from companies that do that, especially with their from names, with their their subject lines. But it's, it's just a great way to stand out in the inbox. Another great way is to get people emotional. We hopefully as marketers are trying to elicit some sort of emotion from our subscribers, from our customers, because when you can get people to feel something, then they're more likely to respond to your message, to take action on that message, to follow through with that conversion that you're trying to get out of them. And Humor is a really good way to do that. Getting people to smile or laugh is probably a lot better than getting them to cry due to your email marketing campaigns. Although there is something to be said for sentiment in email too. So maybe that might be a future webinar. But if we can get people to feel something, then there's a good chance that our email marketing efforts will be a lot more valuable for us as a company. I like this one, boosting information recall. I think Mike or Leanna, you added this slide in here. Yeah. So what's the science behind that? So
2: simply put, when somebody laughs or thinks something is funny, that moment is more likely to stick in their brain. So if you're trying to get them to remember something from your email, writing a joke around it or adding visual humor is going to make it more likely that they remember.
0: I uh, was looking around for some research too and found this Yale study. And so I guess anytime I can quote Yale or something like that in email, webinar is good. They did a study with professors using humor in their curriculum and found that when they were teaching actual facts, using jokes to present those facts, then when it came to test time, those students were far more likely to remember those facts and those bits of information, especially when those jokes were relevant to what was being taught. I think that's a good lesson to take away, too, is anytime you can make your jokes relevant to what you're selling or what you're saying in your emails, then it's just going to hit a lot better. And people are, are far more likely to remember that when it comes time to purchase and or see you in other channels. And that might trigger that memory and that, that emotional memory to get them to take action, which is awesome.
1: When you're thinking about Super Bowl commercials, which are the ones that you remember? The ones that make you laugh or the ones that are just like Visit my website.com.
0: The other one that that I like is just to have some fun, both on the subscriber end, but then as marketers too. I feel like, especially with the pandemic, with everything that's going on in the world, uh, people just feel burnt out. I know I certainly do. I know a lot of people I talk to feel burnt out by everything. And it's the same kind of like 24 hour news cycle, the same politics, the same just terrible things happening in the world that we hear constantly. So when you can inject a little bit of fun into somebody's day, then that's a net gain for humanity, really. So subscribers will like that. But as marketers, like we're busier than ever. We have a lot of different deadlines to meet. We have a lot of different responsibilities in our jobs. So being able to work on funny campaigns and like have fun with our copy, with our visuals, with our email will make our lives better as marketers. Um, I think there's... A, a benefit for subscribers, and then there's also a benefit for the team that's actually working on this stuff. And I know I certainly had a lot of fun putting together this webinar, and Lauren and I kind of coming up with a copy and the the whole idea of you know trying to trick you with the the vegetables stuff was super fun, and it, it made my day better when I got to work on this. So kind of think about that when you're weighing whether or not you want to use humor in your emails. There's a couple of different ways where we're going to talk about how you could actually work content in your email campaigns. Content is obviously the major one. This is where you use the actual like words and the message in your email to subvert those expectations that people might have of a more traditional campaign. So this is not an SMS message. This is an actual email campaign for chubbies, who makes clothing, shorts, all that kind of stuff. But it completely <laughs> flies in the face of what you would expect from an email campaign. It's two people talking about actually creating that newsletter and somebody obviously forgot to do that or there's some sort of miscommunication. So instead of making that email newsletter, they just posted their thread from their messages app, uh, which is not what you would expect. And it actually ends up being pretty damn funny when you read the full email. Um, So content is just working with what that message is inside of your email. Um, setter names and subject lines is one that I know, Liana, you you focus a lot on and have uh, a lot of good examples that we'll talk about as well. But this is Again, using that envelope content, uh, what people see in their inbox right away before they actually look at your message. And just playing with what people typically do in those spaces to get your brand to stand out. That's one of the best ways to do it. And then the actual design of your email. Um, So this is the presentation of your message and figuring out a way to present it in a new kind of quirky, fun, more inventive way. I love that. Yeah, this Olive Garden email, this, I got this from Really Good Emails, actually. So if you go to reallygoodemails.com and search for Olive Garden, it will come up. But it's for National Meatball Day. And the message isn't particularly funny, but the way they present it is there's this delicious looking meatball and this bite of spaghetti. And you just keep on scrolling and keep on scrolling because those noodles are so long. And it's just like a really fun just presenting that in like a funny kind of quirky way is, is a really good way to do that. Tell me about this example. Yana. I know you put this one in here.
2: Yeah, transactional emails are one of my favorite places to bring humor in because it's so unexpected and because so many brands are, like, really punchy and cute up until they get what they want from you and then they just throw you into the default <laughs> Shopify yeah. or Klaviyo uh, flows. So Moo, is- yeah, it's, it's horrible. It feels bad. Moo gets you know Moo brings us into this world where they have, like, little robots that do everything for you. And so the friendly print robot, uh, Little Moo, is messaging you about your order and then, like, telling you where it's going and the next destination is big moo trusty print machine so you know if you've if you have any imagination at all you're now thinking of like moo as this factory full of like beneficent robots it's just better than like thanks for your money we'll send your stuff soon
0: how about Moo Straw? i had never seen this campaign you brought it to our attention i freaking love it
1: yeah i fell in love with moose Draw a long time ago uh since they were bought by walmart they've kind of lessened their comedic ability on email but they just throw in lots of random crap all throughout this email. So it's an email about a sale, but they just put these things like, did you guys know it's a quarter way to my birthday? Three toed sloth so can only count to six. Like they have nothing to do with it. And then the, the sales like jump for giblets. Say so, like, who's going to jump for giblets? But it's just like quirky, random wordplay that Easter eggs. Like you keep on rolling through the email thinking... What, what kind of weird thing are they going to say next until you get to the bottom? And their footer their I didn't include their footer, but their footer's also pretty good, too. That's awesome.
0: I love that. It's also, it's almost as if my coworkers are pretending that they don't know it's my quarter birthday. <laughs> like, I love that sense of like the marketer's voice shining through on something like that. Could be tricky to pull off, but I think in exams like this, it works really well. So that, those are some of the ways that you could, the different areas you could work in humor email during emails. We'll talk a little bit more later about the practical way to do that. But we want to show off some of our favorite funny emails that we've received, we've seen online, shared, talked about to give you a little bit of inspiration for what you might be able to bring to your own email campaigns. So this first one is from me, which again, I found this on really good emails, which is obviously a great resource for email inspiration. This is from a company called Social Print Studio, but they used to be called Print Studio. So it's the whole idea is that you're like printing pictures from Instagram. What I love about it is that it, Plays on like a well-known cultural thing, which is Prince changing his name to the artist formerly known as Prince. So he's just a symbol for a while. And their name was Prince to Graham. Uh, And they apparently had a conversation with Instagram's lawyers saying that they have to change the name of their company because it's in violation of the Instagram trademark. And so they don't want to like run afoul of that they just have a lot of fun with it so they embrace this weird nebulous in between period where they're no longer Instagram and not yet social print studio but they are the site formerly known as printgram and it's it's just a really good play you know the prince thing on their former name They actually go in and like invite their customers to help them rename, but in like a really, really funny way. So they have all these ridiculous conditions for the rename and the rebrand of the company. It says, you know, obviously the name must get them into legal trouble because they have a lot of fun with that for at least two years. The name must conjure Beetlejuice if spoken three times. It must be more beautiful in Spanish, you know. It must have a walking score of eighty-nine. I don't even know what the hell that means. But like all these ridiculous criteria for naming the brand. They just do a really good job of taking a potential like very serious, like challenging business case and having fun with it and it's all via email i know they got like a really good response from this as a subscriber if i were to open this i'd have a whole lot of fun with it too i would just remember that brand far more than the dozens of other
1: services that do something similar one thing on this one also jason is just the honesty that comes through they could have just been like shoot we're getting sued by instagram shut this thing down but instead they're like no we're gonna have fun with this and we're gonna bring yeah. our audience into it and they're they're gonna help us with new names and you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a way to turn a bad situation into a good situation by just making fun of it.
0: I feel like that kind of gets to a lot of times people use humor. It's in response to like a mistake they send out. So they screwed up and then they use humor to deflect that or make up for it. I feel like there's a whole trend of companies coming up with these mistakes and then sending emails with like cat gifs and stuff like that to say they're sorry. It was a little bit overdone for a while, but I do feel like that's a, one of the main ways that marketers tend to use humor is to uh, make a serious situation a little bit more fun and try to get over it and like process that mistake. So kind of... Take that as you will, I guess, whether or not you should do that. The other one I had was BarkBox, which I only recently started signing up. We got our first dog as family last Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, actually. So obviously, I've heard about BarkBox for a long time. I know they've been sending some great emails. But they do a really good job of using humor and just like a really fun, I don't want to say juvenile way, but like just an innocent way. There's nothing more innocent most of the time than like a dog, you know, or like whatever your pet happens to be. They're just there to love us and have fun and play with us. And they just bring that sense of innocence and joy into their email campaigns and all their marketing, really. All their emails tend to end up being like Not overly like hysterical, but just really funny. Like it brings a smile to my face. So obviously they're using dogs and clothes in this email campaign. Uh, Leanne and I and Lorna are all huge fans of puns. Mike not so much, but they are masters of the pun for their product names. So this chew toy up above is Bark Fist and Bed. One of my favorites is the AirPods. All of their products are like that. So you get your Bark Box. They have a theme every month, and they have all these really fun punny names. And it's it just builds on like that good will that people have around their pets, around having fun with their pets, and just brings it into the bark box brand, which I think is really good.
2: The headline, keeping it cool as a pool noodle, that repetition of O. Oh. Within the linguistics of humor, there are some sounds that we just think are funnier as humans. And that O sound is one of them. So like somebody was really paying attention to how that would sound and even playing with uh, the written word, like how we're going to read it in our head. So these are some of my favorite emails from my funny email subject line swipe file, which is real specific. I like opening the curiosity loop. All of these start a question. They don't give us the answer to the question in the subject line. So we're like, I got to know. And we click and presumably the body of the email answers the question for us. So that's what I mean by open a curiosity loop. The top one was from Ezra Firestone, who if anyone knows him, sends great emails, excellent email marketer. And he used my name and kind of an offensive question about me. So I'm like, okay, what? What's wrong with me? People are talking about me. Click. What is it? Anytime you want to just scream in an email, like, ah, uh, subject line, that's going to be unusual in the inbox. Uh, And then of course, there's no better opener than, so I was in the fetal position. And you're like, (laughs) then what? So imagining like, how these are gonna show up in between, like you had that first slide, a very awesome you versus very boring other people. Noticing like not just the the content of these, but the formatting and presentation of them is gonna be different to everything else that's like sale happening now.
1: These are great, but the message inside also has to match its greatness. Or else you're gonna think, oh, this is just clickbait. The next time I'm gonna get this, it's not gonna be that interesting. So you're you're setting it up for, for a good time. You got to fulfill the
0: promise of the good time. Yeah, another one for me, Liana, trying to see.
2: Yeah, so we talked about earlier, but I feel like editing your sender name or your from name is like doubling the impact you can have from your subject line. So Shinesty is a brand that sends from all sorts of ridiculous from email addresses like grandpa, oh no, new phone, get lucky. uh, And whatever that email is has something to do with the theme inside or whatever that subject line is or that sender name is has something to do with theme inside the email. So you're just like, all right, what is it this time? What could stretch it out possibly be? Let's find out, and then you're like about
1: to see some underwear. <laughs> I know, Jason. Someone's going to be like, "Well, doesn't change your from name hurt your reputation score if you do that every single yeah. time?" I know that question is going to come up. So yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't know how they get around that. I wonder if they just have a really good sender reputation and they clean their list enough that it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If these emails are engaging enough, it probably doesn't even matter. It's all coming from the same domain too, so I don't think it's going to take
0: like a huge deliverability hit because um, I think it's less the, the app name than it is the actual sending domain. But that is a good question. I feel like I would love to chat with whoever runs email over trying to see and see if they have run into any issues. These are some of our examples, but I feel like one of the questions we could probably predict too is, does this actually work for us as email marketers? Like we can have fun with adding human or email campaigns, but does it actually get results? And to that, I will hand this over to well, yeah, this is your wheelhouse. Tell us how yeah. this actually works for your clients.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So this is part of an email from a series I wrote for a coffee roastery in London. We wanted to send a series that would help people know how to grind the beans, know how to get the most out of their beans, but wasn't just like yet another coffee blog on the internet. So we went a little punchy and most of the humor here comes from the gif or jif if you're nasty. And then the caption is probably the, the one joke that we have within it. There was another email, I think In this series, this was a post-purchase win-back series, and at the end of it, we had another email that said, hey, a little bird told me you might be out of beans. First, two questions, like, why does that bird know your business, and would you like to buy more beans? So trying to bring in humor in every part of the process, and luckily because I am obsessed with measurement and validation and need constant reassurance that I am good. The two series that I wrote for this client boosted customer LTV by 150% and people are ordering more and they're returning more and like, it works. That was me at the time,
1: just like oh, returning it in a good way, not return all their product, right? Right, right, right. Coming. Not this like, coffee okay. sucks. I hate that you made me laugh about it.
0: Here. I know really good emails is kind of famous for their use of humor in email, so I'm sure you've received tons of feedback over the years. I know you're going to share some of it, Mike. But walk us through what your team usually sees.
1: Yeah, we get tons of feedback. Most of it's good. Some of it's not great. We make lots of mistakes. We'll go through some of those. We did a whole session on spam about all the mistakes we've made, trying to be humorous and how we've fallen flat on that. Generally, people love what we're doing and it brings a good impression, but also it's just built a word of mouth. So they laugh, they like it. They think, oh, this is different than other things i see in in the marketplace. I'm going to tell my friends. I feel like that's how Hustle got started. The Hustle, I should say, not like Anything else, but they're covering business and then they put this funny spin on it and everyone just started talking about it like, oh, this is entertaining to read as much as it's informative to read. That's one thing we try to do and it's helped grow our list size just because we try to add in a couple jokes here and there throughout our emails. I feel like we have all seen plenty of like news
0: stories and marketing reports and stuff about brands that have done humorous things and it tends to work out pretty damn well for them as long as they deal with some thought and care and make sure they're not being overly offensive or doing some of the things we might caution about a little bit later in the webinar. It's one of those things too; just test things out with your own email campaigns where you can inject a little bit of humor and whether or not it works for your audience and then decide whether or not you want to really dig into it. That kind of brings us to the main thing here is how to add humor to your own email campaigns. We have a whole bunch of tips. Again, Liana is, this is her wheelhouse. She actually teaches a course on, using humor in your copy, which we'll link to at the end here. But a couple of things we did want to, again, caution against is making sure that if you are going to use humor in your email marketing, that it's relevant to your business, your goals, your interests, what your subscribers care about. And it actually makes sense for your business because when you try to force it on your customers, try to force it in your marketing, then it tends to have to work as well. It's, it's that whole thing. like If you have to explain a joke, then it's not going to be funny. And then the same thing applies for your email marketing. I love this chart here. And I think, Liana, this might be from you.
2: Yeah, this is me. So... I like to think of the most authentic right blend of humor as being a mix of what works for the brand and what feels funny to the brand and what we know the readers think is funny. You get that by doing some research. There's no way around it. Like, what are you guys laughing about in Slack? What kind of gifts or shows you reference most often? What did everybody grow up watching? Like what comics and what cartoons? Ask the same thing of your users if you can and then see where the overlap is, because that's going to be like the slice of the most relevant stuff to reference and to joke about and it feels okay for the brand too it doesn't feel like you're trying to be someone else
1: for our users as t swift fans oh yeah like yeah t swift <laughs> for this this next one's mine actually so i wanted to be cautionary off of what she was saying when you have those two circles and trying to find the middle i, I put these people into two different buckets people who like our humor and people just don't understand jokes and it, it, there's no middle ground like you just don't understand a joke or you find her uh, find herself funny these are some quotes that we we've gotten from just various campaigns uh, that we send out where there's good stuff who understand us, but the people who don't get us or don't understand the humor are clearly just unhappy with what we are sending out. And we in general with their lives. Or, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> These quotes come from the same email. So people find it funny or people don't find it funny. It's just the same email. So you're like, clearly something's going on with individuals uh, that aren't segmented correctly to, or we haven't prepped them enough to understand that this is what we do in our emails. I see you rolling your eyes. (laughs) I'm
2: just like, it's free. Don't like it? Bye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely true. And yeah, we have a good question in here that I'm going to save for the QA that kind of speaks to something you just said, Mike, about prepping people to expect humor in your emails and train them a little bit. But we'll address that during the Q&A session. The other thing we've said it again is don't offend people unless that's your brand, which there's really only... As far as I'm concerned, one brand in the world that can do that effectively on a regular basis and get away with it, But you just need to get good at reading people, reading the room, understanding what's going to land, what's not going to land, what could potentially harm people or offend them, and avoiding that kind of stuff. Another
1: cautionary tale from uh, really good emails here. Well, we've got tons of examples of, of offending individuals. This one I thought was on the safer side. Singles day. There's a cat there. And we say, oh, the Singles Lady, that's in reference to Beyonce. But actually, we sent it out about November 4th, which a quarter of our readers are of the Commonwealth. And so it's the same day as Remembrance Day. Us trying to be funny about Singles Day made them aggravated, I should say, that we weren't calling out something for Remembrance Day. We thought we were being funny, but clearly we did not do enough research on our own audience to know that that was going to be a day not to talk about something else. We missed the mark, definitely. On this one, lots of learnings through our time in the last six years doing newsletters. Yeah, I like the (laughs) scale that you put together, Liana.
2: Yeah. So one of the main resistances I think people have to starting to bring in humor is they think it's like an on and off switch, like either you're funny or you're not, but I like to think of it as a scale. So we have like wholesome and very safe on one end. And then we have like totally balls to the wall, absurd, morbid, dark, weird. I can go through some of the brands here, like on the very left is Linen, and they mostly stick to puns about sheets, like get the good sheet, I think was one of their email CTAs. Then there's a, a SAS tool called Cronitor, the Eagle is a sunglass brand called William Painter, but it's gradually ratcheting up in terms of riskiness and absurdity. When you're starting to think about putting humor in your emails, I think the safest. Things to joke about are yourself, like self-deprecation. Oh, I think we talked about that earlier and we'll probably touch on that again. And then I always say observational or environmental humor. Like what's something that's happening in the world that both you and your readers can observe that you can make fun of, but that's not you or them. So they're safe. And Jerry Seinfeld, like his, his airplane food bit is like the perfect example of observational humor. Like, What's the deal with airplane food? Oh, right. It's bad. We all know this. Uh, we can laugh at it because it's not harming
0: anybody. Nice, and I feel like Cards Against Humanity is the one brand I can think of that can get away with just being outrageously offensive to a lot of people, but that's like their whole brand. That's the whole yep. point of the game. So don't try to be Cards Against Humanity right off the bat because there's a good chance it will blow up in your face <laughs> and you don't want to happen. This one I put in here, you want to embrace memes, but don't go overboard. I just saw one of the questions from Samantha, one of the attendees, asking how do you balance providing subscribers with a little bit of humor without being too try-hard? Is there a line to know if you're doing too much? I feel like that's one of the key challenges, especially as like a brand, as a company, uh, since you are representing that brand, is to figure out like how far is too far. Are you just jumping on the meme, the gift bandwagon for the sake of trying to be like trendy or cool? So that's what I would caution against is, is try to figure out where that line is make sure you don't go too overboard. I found this example from uh, Chevrolet, the car manufacturer, when they released the 2016 Cruise. And they were trying to kind of jump on the emoji bandwagon and embrace emoji and fantastic, amazing visual communication tool. But to me, at least, this is like way overboard. Like you don't even know what the hell's going on here. (laughs) And this was their like press release, like their announcement of this new Model this like flagship model of their car. So, this might be a little bit overboard. Maybe using a few emojis and like a subject line or something could have translated a little bit better. But yeah, you don't want to be that Steve Buscemi and that classic meme where he's trying to fit in as a high schooler when he's clearly 60 years old. And you don't want to be that brand. You want to avoid that kind of situation.
2: A rule of thumb that I like to say, especially with emails, is if you're worried about going overboard, Try to stick to no more than one joke per section or paragraph. That could be a joke, like a written joke or a funny thing, gif or a meme. But if you're worried that it's too much, it probably is. And be like Coco Chanel and take off the last
0: thing you put on. Nice. I love that. It's a Great piece of advice. I'm going to hand it over here to you because you have some really good kind of practical tips for writing funny copy, which is what you do. That's your thing. So walk us through how to punch up your email yeah. kind of line by line.
2: Well, I have a list of 10 line-by-line punch-ups on my site that I didn't want to shove in here. So there's like all sorts of practical things you could do to sound funnier, even if you do not feel funny. And some of them are just being friendlier and warmer. But one of my favorite uh, tricks is thinking about the funniest word in a sentence and trying to see if I can organize that sentence uh, so that the funny word comes last. Yeah, it's, it's not a formula. It is, if it is, it's the easiest formula of all time. We talked about that oo sound repeating, so this does come down to some linguistics, like a k sound, a sound. These are all funnier, plosive in the mouth, more fun to say. If we think about the next example, if you read the sentence or the two sentences on the left, swimming is good for you when you're drowning, especially. It's funny, but it's funnier as swimming is good for you, especially when you're drowning, because we're waiting for the resolution of that, like, incongruity in our heads. This is a a theory of humor called incongruity resolution theory. We're waiting to get the answer until the last moment, and then it's like drowning. Aha, that's funny. Another technique that I like to use is hyperbole. This comes from my improv background. We think about heightening. Like, if this, then what? And how can we make really satisfying jumps from beat to beat? Sometimes I see brands and companies do hyperbole wrong because they're trying to make uh, exaggerated claims about their product or service and then like you know the lawyers and the hr and the customer service people get a little nervous because they're like you can't say that we do that so instead it's good to use this exaggeration when you're addressing like objections or concerns if you're selling an energy drink you wouldn't say our energy drink will turn you into a six foot four astronaut but you could say something like hey are you tired of feeling like you got hit by a dump truck when you wake up so you know try our energy drink and then it's like not on you to be turning people into
0: astronauts All of this is kind of gets back to the fact that you need to know your subscribers. You need to know what that overlap is that Leanna was talking about between your sense of humor and their sense of humor. There's a lot of different ways to do that as email marketers. Obviously, you could try to engage in regular conversations with your subscribers, whether that's through like an email surveys or sentiment meters that some people put into emails, Um, trying to talk with them through customer support or engage your customer support team to see what does your subscriber base look like? What do your customers care about? What are they thinking about? Hang out with them on social media. See what they're doing, talking about, enjoying on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram, whatever that happens to be, so that you can get a sense of what will land with them and then what's just terrible. and Try to avoid that terrible stuff. There were a couple of questions about how do I know this is funny? My best piece of advice would be to get some internal feedback first. So you don't have to... Host a giant focus group, this funny little sentence in your email, but read it out loud to yourself, read it out loud to one of your coworkers. Send it around internally first to see if it actually sounds funny, reads funny, the image is funny, the GIF is funny. Get that internal feedback before you just go whole hog in and send that campaign. When I know there's a lot of email geeks out there, you can post something in the email geek Slack channel. If you wanted to and try to get some email feedback, uh, maybe somebody's some, done something similar and they got a good reaction or bad reaction. But it's good to workshop your material first before
1: you take it out on stage. <laughs> Comedians will usually go do s- smaller sets before they go big to just get a, a sense of which jokes are going to land and understand like how the audience is going to react to some of those jokes. So they'll go do a small club in their local city, local bar, and then they'll gradually... Take that to the road when they do the larger shows. It's a good thing to start small and then and go bigger. That was the perfect segue. Whether yeah. or not you knew it, Mike,
0: to this last little bit of advice is to start small and then run some tests. See if humor in your email marketing isn't actually working for you. You might not want to start with a giant campaign that is full of funny gifts and all these inside jokes. You might want to just start small and test out funny subject line or maybe manipulating your center name a little bit. Add or in a little bit of funny content. Yeah. Yeah. That's like another of my favorite places.
2: Yeah. 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 One of the ones that I've been doing is a variation on, did you come down here looking for donuts or like, what are you down here for? Yeah. Can help keep people from unsubscribing to you.
0: Yeah. There's lots of small little areas in your email that can potentially benefit from, from humor. I'm always reminded too of like, just disclaimers are a great way to do that too. If you can work it with your legal team to make all that really boring legal jargon that a lot of us have to add to email campaigns a little bit more human readable, a little bit more fun, have some fun with it. That might be a good, First place to kind of test out some of that humor in your email marketing. Runs maybe tests. Don't send that campaign to everybody. See whether or not it actually resonates with your audience. And you can get started and try to build up to taking over the world. If you're not a Pinky in the Brain fan, then I'm sorry for you. It's a fantastic cartoon. You might want to look into that. Those are like main kind of tips for injecting humor in your email marketing campaigns. So let us take some questions, which is, one of my favorite puns I've seen in a slide. Thank you, Lauren Kramer, for and putting that in there. Mike, I'm, I'm sorry because it is a wonderful pun. And before we were actually like hopping on today, Liana was talking about how there's some psychology behind puns that uh, might not be the best thing for for marketers to think about. But I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh,
2: it's kind of a debunked theory. So there are lots of theories of humor, right? Okay. And one of them is superiority theory. The idea that we are trying to win in a battle of wits. And there was a theorist called Charles Gruner. He's dead now, RIP. He suggested that the groan that someone goes like, ah, when you make a, a pun, is actually sort of an involuntary admission of like, I've just lost. I lost the game. I lost the battle. When you make a pun, you're trying to beat somebody. And I, I've never thought of it that aggressively, but kind of makes sense.
1: Puns are generally not done in what I've seen in a good, jovial manner. It's like just really quickly like, oh, it's Mother's Day. I'm going to put something about mom in there. They're not really being smart about the puns. Mm -hmm. Smart puns is a totally different thing, which I agree with, right? Okay,
2: like smart puns,
1: ladies and gentlemen. It's hard to call back, you know, kind of dig myself out of this hating puns scenario that you guys have painted me into this box so anyways let's take some questions jason let's let's yeah, how much I, hate puns. I mean i'm already thinking of
0: like t-shirt designs where it has like your face with like a no puns kind of slash mm-hmm. i thought i might have to no work no up some all. here Lots of good questions. Uh, one of my favorites was, let me find it here. Rebecca was asking about the pandemic changing the way humor is used, in her case, in B2B email marketing, but I would say across the board, too. I mean, not only the pandemic, like there's so much going on. There's tons of racial injustice. There are Chauvin trials going on right now in America. There's the pandemic. There's economic inequality. There's all these bad things that we all hear about all the time. Has that changed in, you no, know, your opinion, the way humor is used in marketing? Or should it change the way humor is used in marketing?
2: I think we need humor now more than ever. I think if brands are like people and that they're holistic and they have multiple different sides. Like if you're addressing these crises and the horrible stuff that's happening in the world, mindfully and consciously, then there's also room for you to say like, Hey guys, levity is important. Humor is a coping mechanism. Like we just wanted to make you smile today. People
1: will appreciate that. I forgot where I heard this. And so don't think this is truth. but I heard that during downturns in the economy and hard times, people tend to watch comedies and then during when t- times are good they tend to watch dramas hmm. so people are looking kind of for the opposite of what their daily life is like there's a time and place to be humorous and there's a time and place not to be we talked about this earlier but i don't imagine martin luther king getting up during his address you know in washington square and making a joke it was very intentional what he was going to say and it was very powerful the way he said it and if he had brought a joke into that it probably would have lessened the ability to connect with individuals. So again, really good emails is try to find that line too, where we want to address some very important issues in terms of equality or whatever, but it doesn't really go with our brand. So we have to step away and say, no, we're going to be serious in this moment. This is what we're going to stay. And then next time we send, we'll kind of go back to mm-hmm. our normal behavior. Yeah, I like that.
0: I feel like I was going to add something to that, and I completely forgot because I'm reading other questions. <laughs> so if I do think of that, then I'll, I'll put in the blog post. But this one, I, I kind of hinted at this question, and I think it's a good one for both of you, but maybe Mikey might want to address it first is Samantha was asking about whether or not brands need to establish themselves first as being a serious brand before they use humor in their programs or should they kind of embrace that from the outset? I guess if you have a reputation that's kind of precedes you, how do you work humor and based on that reputation? I feel like really good emails kind of started from scratch as a fairly humorous, fun brand. But was that always the case or was that like a conscious decision or how do you go about handling that your existing reputation
1: or building up a new reputation? It was a a conscious decision from the beginning. I worked in the beauty industry, which had a lot of regulatory, pharmaceutical, red lines, things out. I got really frustrated. I I just want to be creative. I just want to say some funny stuff. When we started really good emails, I said, I intentionally want to bring that side of me into this relationship. And I really didn't see a lot of people talking like it's all about like these very formal white papers of your ROI of an email is $42 for, you know, every dollar you spend. And I'm like, that's, that's great. I don't know why I'm going to use that or why I talk to other people about it. I think when you talk about setting up your reputation, we do this from the get go. So our pop-up is kind of abrasive. We try to use humor in our pop-up when you say sign up for really good emails. If you aren't familiar with that, go to really good emails and refresh your cash or whatever it should uh, for clear cash should show up, and then our first opt-in email, like opt-in confirmation email, have some humor in it. We're trying to like set the bar. We're gonna joke around from here on out. This is who we are. I think if you're very serious from the get-go and then try to jump in a a joke, it might not land as well if they're not prepared for it. What do you think, Liana?
2: I think I'm lucky in that because I focus on conversion copywriting, there's always going to be proof tied to the funny and or that's what I'm constantly yearning for. I think it is possible to be a B2B brand that is funny from the start because zooming way out, like humor is supposed to bring humanity to your emails. People connect with people. You work with other humans. You pay other humans. You don't pay brands really. Like it's the people behind the brand that you like the most. I think there's this urge to be super buttoned up in corporate, but I found even in really serious industries that are really used to boring as heck emails, when we start to joke around a little bit more, they start getting responses from readers being like, thank you for this. You're a breath of fresh air in my inbox.
0: That leads us to the next question, which is from Kate, asking in sensitive industries like healthcare, as her example, is there a good rule for when and where you can use humor?
2: punch up. And we talked about that a little bit, I think. I, I like to go through kind of a little checklist. What's the worst case scenario for somebody reading this email? Am I going to accidentally really hurt somebody? Kind of like the remembrance day thing. Like if somebody has lost someone and then their single day, like, ah, oh, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. What's the worst case scenario? What's my risk tolerance for that? And make that decision from there.
1: There are plenty of brands who have also been able to joke around in healthcare or finance, find this is another regul- highly regulatory industry, like mortgages that they can bring some humor into buying a home or getting a checkup for your doctor. There are humorous activities that can happen within that buying mode or whatever it is that you can highlight. Or you can just be a little bit more transparent and and friendly.
2: And then there's the visual side, right? Like humor doesn't always have to be in the copy. It can be like your funny illustrations, your fun gifs, gifs.
0: I think we have time for one more that I'm going to initially direct at Liana because it seems like you you mentioned doing improv and seems like you know a lot about the theory behind humor and funny copy and all that stuff. Are there any resources people can look at, any favorite books or websites that kind of go into the theory behind humor? Yes.
2: (laughs) I have one right there. It's a textbook called The Psychology of Humor, because like I said, I'm a big nerd. I actually have a comedy reading list that is not set up as a content offer on my website because I'm super lazy, but I would love to send it to anyone. I'd like to think my course is a good resource. And then I think overall, just taking a more critical observant eye to the ways you encounter humor humor in your life. What stand-ups do you like? What's funny about them? Is it their joke construction? Is it their delivery? Is it their timing? Starting to investigate what's funny to you will help you understand how to make more of
0: that. That's going to do it for the webinar today. Hopefully you learned a little bit about vegetables sending emails, the science behind it, but more importantly how to hopefully incorporate a little bit of humor and have some fun with email marketing, which is, like both of you said, something we all need today more than ever. A couple of places you can check out. uh, Go to litmus.com slash subscribe to get signed up for Litmus's email newsletters. If you haven't already, that's the best place to keep up to date on not only our product updates, but things like this, the webinar, ebooks, some of those white papers that we publish ourselves, blog posts, all that good stuff. Uh, really good emails at reallygoodemails.com. Again, one of the best places to look for email inspiration. Find out what other email marketers are sending. Get the inside scoop on their email campaigns. Create your own collections, all that good stuff. And Liana does have a course on this stuff precisely. So if you do want to learn more in depth how to uh, inject some humor into your copy, into your emails, into your marketing, go to punchlinecopy.com slash course dash free launch and check that out. I did just see... <laughs> see somebody in the questions, did their own pun to say goodbye. They said, thanks. That was great. But great was spelled G-R-A-T-E. So I appreciate Uh that. Uh, Ending on a pun is a good way to end. So thanks, everybody. Liana, thank you so much. Mike, thank you so much. Hopefully we can do this again and have a great rest of the day. Cheers.